Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, this is Camille from sunny California, and you're listening to the Coffee Chat with Camille show, which is a podcast series that interviews various guests about real-life topics for people who love to learn. Hi. Today, excuse me, hi, this is your host, Camille, and today our topic is How a Wannabe Actor Became the World's Greatest Spy with Robert Kerbick. Uh, his biography, Robert Kubik's true crime memoir about his career as the world's number one corporate spy ruse, lying the American dream from Hollywood to Wall Street, has received praise from Frank Abenell, Catch Me If You Can, ex-CIA agent Valerie Plain, Fair Game, and Bradley Hope, billionaire dollar whale. Ruse is currently in development for a TV series with Silver Lining Entertainment, Showtime's Your Honor. Um, Robert's previous book, Malibu Burning, the real story behind L.A.'s most devastating wildfire, won a 2021 Southern California Journalism Award, an Ippy Award, and the Best of L.A. Award. His writing has appeared in the Los Angeles Times, the San Francisco Chronicle, Los Angeles Magazine, Shondaland, the Lithops Crime Reads. He has been featured on many of the most popular podcasts and radio shows in the country. And would like, um, if you want to list, uh, go to his website, it is robertkerbeck.com. And we have it inside of our description. Listeners can buy his book from his website, but they can also view the Ruse trailer as well as films he's, he's written. They can also um, view footage from his acting days with appearances on Star Trek, Melrose Place, ER, NYPD Blues, and over 50 other shows. So it's time to go ahead and let Robert into the show so we can begin our interview. Yay, I'm so excited. Well, hello there. Hi. 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 Thank you so much for coming to the show. And um, I'm thrilled to have you, and I really appreciate you being here. Oh, sure. Well, thanks for having me. Yes, it's a pleasure. So I'm going to go ahead and get started with our interview. How did you become a corporate spy? Well, uh, yeah, no, I didn't I didn't <laughs> take classes in high school in, in uh, you know, subterfuge and spying 101. Um, uh, but basically, I was in college in Philadelphia, and I got really into acting. And when I graduated, you know, actors need survival jobs. And when I moved to New York, um, you know, I needed a job. And I didn't know anybody who lived in New York. I just had one friend there, and he had a very mysterious job that he wouldn't talk about. Um, one day he said something about it, and then he shut up right away, like he knew he wasn't supposed to say anything. And <laughs> I said, hey, dude, I'm broke. You know, help me out. You know, and so he very reluctantly got me an interview with the woman who 
you know, ran this company, which at the time I didn't know, but she basically ran a spying firm. And um, so I went and I did this very strange interview with her where she never asked me anything about my skills or my abilities. Um, Very bizarre interview, and eventually she sent me on my way. And I was pretty sure I didn't get the job, but my buddy called and said, you're hired, but but don't get too excited because no one is able to do this job. No one is able to do the kind of trickery and manipulation uh, that we do to get people inside major corporations to tell us things that they should never, ever tell us. And the next day I went and I, and I started uh, training and began my apprentice, apprenticeship as a corporate spy. Oh, and then what does a corporate spy do? That's a great question. So corporate spies, you know, we all know the Russians spy on the Chinese and the Chinese spy on us, but what most people are shocked to find out is that major corporations are spending hundreds of millions of dollars a year to spy on each other. And so they want to know anything and everything about their competitors so that they can utilize that to their, uh, you know, their advantage. So, uh, you know, I always describe it in terms of football, right? You know, if you knew the playbook of your opponent a couple days before the big game, you knew every play they were going to run, you knew what they were calling their plays, what their formations were, be a lot easier to beat them, right? Um, and so that's what corporations are looking for. They want to know, you know, information about future plans, who the top people are, who their clients are, what deals they have in the pipeline, how much they pay their, their people, you know, anything and everything that you can find out, you know, who has a drinking problem, uh, whatever it is that they're going to be able to use to increase, their, you know, whatever your, your client is going to be able to use to increase their revenue, while at the same time damaging their rivals because corporate America is extremely cutthroat. (laughs) And then why is secret corporate information so valuable? Why is it so valuable? Yes. Why is... Well, because corporations... Yeah, because corporations are, are worth billions of dollars so uh, one so I'll give you an example you know um the legendary CEO of Apple Steve Jobs um yes. was a huge believer in secrecy um so you you know you, and of course it's obvious the reasons why imagine if you knew the names of the design team for the iPad back in the day and you were able to steal one or two of those individuals and bring them over to your company so that you were able to develop the iPad before Apple how much money would that have been worth? Wow, yes. Right? So when you can find out information like that, um, it, you know, in, in some cases it could literally be worth billions of dollars. Okay. Uh, thank you. And do corporations ever admit to hiring spies? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and in most cases they don't, they don't even hire the spies directly. They hire the spies through an intermediary company because they want to have plausible deniability that if somehow a spy gets caught spying on behalf of that of their firm, they can say, oh, my God, well, we didn't know anything about it. You know, we, we didn't hire that person. We hired this other firm, and we didn't know that that firm was hiring spies. But I'm here to tell you that many, many times I've presented, you know, my uh, extracted data um, to individuals that today 
are one step from being the CEOs of some of the largest companies in the world, publicly traded companies. These are individuals that are on CNBC talking about ethics and corporate culture, and yet they're uh, all hiring spies excel and that their company can excel. And, and as I said earlier, you know, uh, Wall Street, uh, Silicon Valley, uh, pharmaceutical industry, industrial industry, these are extremely competitive people in extremely competitive companies, and they're always looking for ways to get an edge up on their competitors. Yes, and um, did you ever get arrested? Did I ever get arrested? No. Um, but in the book, in Ruse, I talk a lot about um, the number of crazy close calls um, where at one point I was being tracked by um, every major uh, authority in the country. Okay, and then um, what kind of ploys did you use? Well, we would use all different kinds of ploys, you know, um, because we were actors and, and the woman who had this firm, she only hired actors because she knew actors were good at creating characters. They were create, good at creating voices. They were good at, at storytelling. And, you know, that's what spying is. It's basically creating a story that is close enough to the truth that people believe it. Um, and one of the funniest things about doing the ruse, that's what I called the job, the ruse, was that the crazier the story, the more insane the ploy, the more believable they, they became. Um, so, you know, sometimes we would call up with accents, um, you know, oh, this is Gerhard calling from the office in Frankfurt, Germany. We have the European <laughs> Union regulators here, and we need some information from the state, right? And um, people would be, oh, my gosh, Gerhard, you're calling from our, our office in Germany, and and remember, corporations now have offices all over the world, right? They have offices in Germany and in Dublin and in Tokyo and in London and in Charlotte and Dallas. You could do a southern accent. So we would do all these different accents, and people would just believe we were uh, this person that we said we were who worked in a different office. And, of course, people are trained to be what in, in, corporate, in corporate America or in the corporate world? They're trained to be a good teammate. So if you have somebody on the other end of the phone and they're telling you they're jammed up and there's a crisis, there's an emergency, well, what are they going to do? They're going to help you, right? And that's what they're trained to do. And so most times people are more than willing to help you, even though when you start at the, the questions you start asking don't really make a lot of sense. Like, why would this guy need this information? Why is he trying to learn about our system? Why is he trying to learn about, you know, our new deal that we haven't announced? Why is he, you know, they, they're not thinking about that because they're just thinking, well, if this guy's with the firm, he must really need this information for whatever reason he told me, and I'm going to help him. Okay, thank you. And then why did you write Ruse now? Ah, because the statute of limitations on, on any potential crimes that I may have committed had expired. <laughs> so I could safely, you know, basically tell the story and out myself as a spy. Uh, when will the Ruse series air? You know, I don't know the answer to that yet because um, this is my first time in this process. Um, and uh, it takes a lot of time, you know, from the, um, you know, the selling of the show, then the development of the show, then the writing of the show, and then obviously casting of the show and all of that stuff. So, you know, if things go well, I'm going to say 12 to 18 months. Wow. Okay. Knock Wonderful. On wood. 
<laughs> okay, I will. And then what is the weakest link in cybersecurity? Oh, great question. Yeah, the weakest link, you know, these corporations spend all of this money on the technology for obvious reasons, you know, and they create the firewall and they have the encryption and they have all of these great things, important things, to protect their systems, their servers, their networks. But what they spend far less time um, working on um, is training their employees not to release information. Um, and so the weakest link in cybersecurity is always the human being. Um, if you can get a human being in some far-flung office, sometimes it's a junior person, oftentimes it's a bored person, um, even more oftenly, it's an embittered person that doesn't like the firm, doesn't like working at the firm, and so they don't care. And they're willing to tell you anything and everything um, that a spy might want to know. And in many cases, they're even willing to then do research on your behalf to find out things that they may not know, but now they're in the firm, and they may know someone who would know the answer to that question. So they'll actually call that person or email that person for you and get the information that you've requested. Okay, and then for our last question, how does spying involve ransomware attacks? Well, oftentimes, you know, when we think of ransomware, we think of, you know, maybe it's one person in some, you know, uh, basement somewhere. But oftentimes, these are fairly sophisticated, uh, small, but fairly sophisticated uh, gangs of individuals that are, um, each person kind of has their own specialty. And so there's one person that is the um, social engineer, or what I call the ruser. And that person will oftentimes call corporations or do some sort of phishing with email or text, trying to get information about the network. Because as good as hackers are, they need to have some sense of how a company has set up their network. And so the ruser is calling and they're getting that information, which then they share to their teammate who's the hacker. And then once they've hacked into a firm and they're holding a firm ransom, um, then there's usually somebody on the team that's kind of a financial instrument expert because his job or her job is to go, okay, well, how are we going to get paid and how are we going to get paid in a way that that money is not traceable? Um, so, you know, that's how social engineering and rusing is used in these ransomware attacks. Okay, thank you. And um, let's see here. Did you want to please let our audience or listeners know where they can buy your book? Sure. You know, I, I tell people the easiest thing is, is, is to go to my website, robertkerbeck.com, K-E-R-B-E-C-K. You can buy Ruse there. You can buy my previous book, Malibu Burning, there. You can buy it from wherever you like to buy books, Amazon or Barnes & Noble or your local bookstore, book which I recommend. Um, and then, as you mentioned in the beginning of the program, you can also see the trailer for Ruse, which gives you a, a sense of what the TV show might look like. Excellent. I want to thank you so much, Robert. So I'm just very thankful. And that was a um, very interesting topic, very unique. And um, I'm definitely going to buy your books. Um, and uh, thank you again for being my guest here at Coffee Chat with Camille. Oh, sure. Well, thank you for having me. Pleasure. Bye for now. Bye. Hey, everyone. 
That is wonderful, Robert uh, Kerbeck. And I want to uh, actually, I want to read a little bit more about Robert before um, I close out the show. We all know the Russians spy on us and that we spy on the Chinese. But what p- most people are shocked to find out is that major corporations are spending hundreds of millions of dollars a year to spy on each other. Bruce is a juicy, captivating look into the dark underbelly of corporate espionage and cybercrime as companies attack each other at their very core. Pulling no punches, Robert Kerbeck provides a never-before-seen look into the hidden life of a corporate spy. Okay, so that was, uh, again, Robert Kerbeck. You can find his book, Sounds Like Just About Anywhere, but you can also go to his website at robertkerbeck.com. Okay, their listeners can buy, my wonderful audience out there, can buy his book from his website, but you can also view the Roost trailer as well as films he's written. You can also uh, view footage from his acting days. I keep wanting to say my, like I'm him. Um, His acting days with appearances on Star Trek, Melrose Place, ER, NYPD Blue, and over 50 other shows. Okay, and um, I think that's it for now. I want everyone to know that um, this has been an honor for me to have Robert on um, wonderful interview. I learned so much so fast. Actually, it went by pretty quickly, um, but quite enjoyable. And uh, it just like all these uh, images come to mind. You know, spies like they're real. Who knew, right? They're real, <laughs> not just in movies and TV. So uh, I want to say goodbye to everyone. Happy Friday to you. And thank you for listening to Coffee Chat with Camille. You can find this episode and many others at coffeechatwithcamille.com. Right? Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.